0: Welcome to Simple Money Solutions podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name's Courtney. I'm joined with Trevor and thank you so much for being here with us today as we talk about the concept of living paycheck to paycheck.
1: Yeah, living paycheck to paycheck is an interesting conundrum. It's it it, it doesn't it affects all sort of demographics and income classes. It's not uh, unique to any particular demographic. So I, I think anybody and everybody can be touched by this.
0: And I like that you brought that up right away because I think that is something that's so important to highlight for this episode and that regardless of how much you make, if you make minimum wage, if if you make $100,000 a year or, or way more than that, the concept of living paycheck to paycheck really does affect everyone.
1: Yeah. And it, it, a lot of times, uh, I'll say the more money you make, the the more you try to conceal that you you are living paycheck to paycheck because it, it it it's it's more of a spending problem than an income problem and maybe it's it's a a point of embarrassment maybe that you are living paycheck paycheck to paycheck while you earn a large sum of money
0: because it, because in reality if you think about it if if you have more money more money I mean everyone I think if you really break it down everyone might have the same. Um, mandatory expenses. So the person that makes more just has more room for discretionary expenses. So really, the embarrassment could come from the fact that they have so much more money for discretionary expenses and they know that there is place to cut, but they haven't made those sacrifices yet.
1: Actually, that's a good point. So if you uh, are of a a high income level and you are living paycheck to paycheck, it really speaks to some of the bad decisions you've been making compared to somebody who's living paycheck to paycheck and as that uh, maybe a working class income level, and, and they're sort of j- just buying the bare necessities of life. So you're right that it kind of says a lot about a high income person who is living paycheck to paycheck.
0: I you, you brought up income classes there. And I just wanna I want to pause and just talk about that concept for a minute because I I think in, the, in this episode could stem or the the concepts we're gonna talk about in this episode could stem from the whole overarching income class process and way of thinking in that if you are in one in one income class, maybe you are living to paycheck to paycheck because you're trying to live the life of someone who makes more. But I I, I think that could be maybe the case, but I also don't want to break down the walls of the barriers of the social concept that really constructs the whole phenomenon of income classes. Well,
1: income classes is, is a horrible tool to measure somebody's worth in our society. I mean, it really, it doesn't, it doesn't speak to the kind of value they add to, to our community or our society. There's a lot of people that work for nonprofits that are, are making huge contributions to our society and maybe don't earn a, a higher income wage. And, and then there's people who maybe earn, earn a really high wage and make very little contribution to their community.
0: I agree with that, and, and at the end of the day, those classes are li- are only just a form of categorization, and we all know that categorization is so limiting, and that you put these lim- it puts these limiting thoughts into your head, and it, that limits what you can be and what you can achieve and accomplish. So, before we get into this episode, I just want to highlight the fact that the whole inspiration for this episode really came from a listener Facebook message from Mike, and Mike just highlighted to us the a crazy stat that um, average household debt rates are actually have risen to 163%. Yeah,
1: that's quite quite a number. I mean, another way to spin that is for every dollar earned, a dollar 63 is owed.
0: Which is crazy. And I think I think again, that is really why my Mike's comment and the that stat alone has brought the inspiration to make this episode because it, right there, a dollar 63 is oh that that's really why we are living paycheck to paycheck?
1: You know, it's it's rarely the income side of the equation that's the problem. It's it's more often than not it's the spending side of the equation that's that's causing your paycheck to paycheck phenomena.
0: So, Trevor, this this episode is again all about living to paycheck to paycheck. So, can you just talk about that and maybe define that for our listeners?
1: So, basically, living paycheck to paycheck is you you are you're fortunate enough that you're not you're not living below your means. You're, you're, every cent you earn, you're spending, whether you're spending it on mandatory things like housing and food, or you're spending it on discretionary things like entertainment and eating out. Regardless of that, as you earn it, you're spending it.
0: So the concept of living to paycheck to paycheck, does that include, or are you spending exactly every cent you earn? Or does that include the amount that is maybe you're spending on credit?
1: You're probably spending on credit, but you're you're able to service your credit, meaning you're making your minimum payments on your outstanding credit w- with your paycheck. So you're you're not behind on any of your bills. You're current on everything when you're living paycheck to paycheck.
0: So you're you're just getting by, and, and I can't imagine that feels comfortable.
1: Well, I, I like to refer to that as living on the edge, the the edge of financial ruin, and if you're living paycheck to paycheck it and let's just say you've consumed all of the available credit you have and you're you're just managing to service those those debt payments that would be right on the edge of financial ruin and that is a horrible place to be
0: it's i am i can almost picture a teeter totter and that just a little bit too much again in in the, all the articles i uh, we read in preparation for this episode it just said one emergency expense or or something unexpected come up and that could really just be the tipping point into again like you said financial ruin
1: i would say the distinction between living paycheck to paycheck and living on the financial edge would be when you're on the financial edge you've used up all your all of your available credit that you could possibly have access to and you know so if one murphy's law you know one horrible thing shows up you're you can't react to it one financial disaster shows up like a a car breakdown you 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 can't get your car fixed that's living on the edge paycheck to paycheck you might still have credit available to you to get you out of a bind but as you currently stand all your money you earn in a given week or month is being completely consumed in that given week or month
0: so to really get into the the meat of today's episode there's a great article from the canadian press it's entitled about half of canadian workers living paycheck to paycheck and it it just opens up by saying that 40 percent of respondents that were um participated in a canadian payroll association survey responded that it would be difficult to meet their financial obligations if their paycheck were delivered delayed by even a single week
1: yeah that's a that's an exhausting place to be but, you but know, to, to know that
0: like that's that's almost half
1: it's inflated lifestyles that's really causing this In it's I say this it's 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 rarely an income problem you know and, and even if it was an income problem you you're somewhat limited in, in in your ability to generate more income you could you know upgrade your skills that that does that takes time and you need opportunity once you upgrade those skills but you your control over your expenses is so easy. I mean, but everyone is so reluctant to, to ramp down their lifestyle. It, it, it seems like deprivation. It seems like, like they've, they've given up or they, they've lost the fight. And a lot of people look at it that way. And I don't, I, I think if, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, if you could just ramp down your lifestyle by 10% and just alleviate all that stress, And there's simple things like you could, you know, maybe discontinue your cable TV. Don't go out for dinner, uh, you know, maybe once a month instead of every week. There's all sorts of little things you can do. Maybe sell that brand new car in your driveway and and buy a used one. Sometimes they're not quick fixes, right? Sometimes, you know, selling a car is not something you do overnight, right? You got to list it and find a buyer. But just ramping down your lifestyle just by 10% could, if it moves you away from the edge or away from that burden of, of you know, if I don't, if I got laid off or if 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 something goes wrong, you know, this this whole thing falls off the rails. If you could escape that stress, just just by a little bit, it, it, the weight it lifts off your shoulders, it's just um, it, it's indescribable.
0: Trevor, I'm just gonna be the voice, of the listener right now, and say that yes, it's it's easy for you to see that, but if you're living this lifestyle, you've lived your whole life and, and you in there and all of a sudden you're asking a listener to, to just, just get rid of this or eliminate this or stop doing this. That's a lot easier said than done. And it's, it's, it's probably gonna be really, really painful to make some of those decisions. And and maybe even that listener could view it as a sacrifice.
1: Well, if, if you got, if you got to a place where you're, Living on the financial edge and you got there through lifestyle inflation and that's how most people get there. you know they, they get there by their lifestyle inflating a little bit at a time. It just creeps up on you. Well then deflate your lifestyle just a little bit at a time. you know just remove some of those excesses a little bit at a time. don't 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 make a, a huge thing. just keep ramping down your lifestyle a little bit, a little bit until the the, the pressure is alleviated.
0: Another stat within this article is that 35% feel overwhelmed by their debt level, which is which is a lot. And I, I, I want to ask, these numbers are super high for both the 47% and this 35%. Why are so many individuals, are individuals okay living close to the edge and, and just kind of think that that? They're living with this much debt and it's, it's kind of a hopeless situation. Are they are they getting normalized to the fact uh, that they're living paycheck to paycheck?
1: It's probably a combination of both. So but some people, you know, once they've inflated their lifestyle beyond their financial means, it's almost to some people. It's a status to, to be driving a brand new car and living in a, a luxurious home and going on vacations every single winter down to the sunny south. Some people think you know if they step back from that and, and ramp down that lifestyle, any of those those factors, it, it's an embarrassment or it's it's they're emitting defeat. And I I think if people could put their their status, you know, the focus on status aside, and just focus on on living within your means, I, I think I a little bit of st- financial stress it, it, it it's like when you get stressed out at your job when you come home a lot of times that stress goes away not for everybody but some people it does and then you have you know you, you only deal with that for eight hours a day while you're at work but when you have financial stress it's with you 24 7 it is constant you you can't escape it and the I can't think of anything I would do that would be worth carrying that burden with me constantly.
0: So so what I'm getting is that uh, realigning your maybe long-term goals and and wanting to achieve financial independence should be the motivation to want to make these 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 life sacrifices and not sacrifices but life uh, lifestyle changes in a more positive direction.
1: Well, I'm not saying financial independence should be everyone's goal in life but you you should have some sort of goal of moving away from paycheck to paycheck lifestyle because that that's not it's not sustainable it, it will eventually fall off the rails it 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 always does and sometimes you can go to friends or family to, to bail you out but you can only go to the well so many times before it, it runs dry and then you you you've used up all your available credit so paycheck to paycheck if you end up in a paycheck to paycheck scenario through unfortunate events maybe a job loss or a a, a family problem then it should be temporary you should i you should either know this is this is only going to last you know three months and and then we'll be back on on course or if you if you don't see an end date to this paycheck to paycheck scenario then you need to make adjustments so there is an end date you need to you know sell a car Uh, move to a a lower cost apartment. Uh, Whatever it takes, you you need to make those adjustments because it is unsustainable. And and the stress will affect all aspects of your life when you're living paycheck to paycheck.
0: Trevor, I want to ask you a question. Is there anything that you, anything that you do or allow to happen that would delay the timing of your retirement? Uh,
1: At this point, I'm so close I'm gonna say no. Oh well, you know, some uh, disastrous event could occur in my life, and and it it could derail my plans. But it it wouldn't. It, it anything's possible. But I I certainly don't foresee anything that would would cause that to happen.
0: So so it's a goal for you. It's it's something that you're determined to reach, and it's important to you.
1: Well, I've been working at it for so long that I, 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 at this point, it. There, you know, I I'm gonna use the word sacrifice. I've made lifestyle sacrifices although I don't feel like I've sacrificed much that at this point I I, I would be doing myself a huge injustice to abandon that plan
0: so I ask you this question because in an article by Jonathan Chevreau we've covered him in the past he says that 46 percent of people expect to have a delay of timing to their retirement because of their lifestyle
1: well and you know, I, I can see how this happens to people. So you, you, you work your whole life. You're, you know, you raise a family, and and then you become an empty nester, and you have this huge surplus of money that you you didn't have before, and you have all these pent up wants and needs that have been building up as you raised your family, and and they all moved out. And I see a lot of people my age who go out and buy the the house of their dreams or the car of their dreams particularly the house of their dreams when they need it the least you know there's only husband and wife now living in it and and they're they're buying a, a 2,700 square foot house that the or 3,000 square foot house they always wanted f- with four bedrooms and three bathrooms and there's only two people living in it and they're doing it because they can financially not because they and, should well in, in know that you're what you're trading in for that you're trading in a possible retirement in exchange for the home of your dreams if if that's a trade-off you want to make then all the power to you
0: so in both of the articles i've been referencing this far both of which will be in the show notes by the way both have cited that increased housing costs are the reason for for maybe living paycheck to paycheck or living close to the edge So the the article goes on to say that for the quote for the first time in the survey's nine year history more respondents found mortgages on principal residence the most difficult to pay down, end quote. So Trevor, we know um, housing is becoming more and more expensive. So uh, this is my stance on it, but I think it's kind of crazy to to expect to be a homeowner and live maybe the same. Way that the previous generation lives, when we know that the the housing in the, the housing landscape has changed over the years, and that maybe maybe I don't think sacrificing um, and and putting on debt that that's going to put you close to the edge is worth it when there are other um, more sustainable housing options like renting for a lot longer.
1: Well, you know how I say uh, personal finances ninety percent behavior, ten percent math. Well, when it comes to someone living paycheck to paycheck, it's actually, it's more math than it is behavior. And a lot of people don't stop to look at the math. So when it comes to accommodations being, you know, um, mortgage and taxes or rent, you know, the where it costs you to, to house yourself, my formula, if you want to um, not live paycheck to paycheck, I think that your rent or mortgage and taxes cannot exceed more than one-third of your take-home pay, your family take-home income. One-third. And if you want to get ahead in life, one-quarter. So your your rent or your mortgage and taxes of the house you're buying would be one-quarter of, of your net income, household income. That, that's to get ahead. To just to not live paycheck to paycheck, but it, you might not get ahead that quickly. I'd say one third, and it, a lot of people don't live in in that mathematical scenario at all. They're they're they're. I know when you get approved for a mortgage. I mean, they'll give you a lot more money than that based on uh, you know mortgage approvals I've been through. So I, I think our society is just is just okay with spending way too much on. On housing
0: the article by jonathan Chavreau goes on to say that millennials and generation x are are really the a a large portion of who is living to paycheck to paycheck and say that more than half of those two generation segments would be in a jam missing a single paycheck so i want to ask you do you think do you think it's changed I mean, when you were when you were the age that millennials and genera- the generation X are right now, do you think it was the same for you then, or have have a lot changed? Has a lot changed for, um, the twenty and thirty year olds now?
1: Well, it's really hard to know if somebody's living paycheck to paycheck to, to see them, you know, they're not going to share their their financial woes with 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 you. Chances are, and. I know I never lived paycheck to paycheck. And but and, that
0: but that's my question. Do you think there's a reason why more than half of these two generational segments are living paycheck to paycheck now and maybe there was a reason that you weren't when the millennials and when you were the age that the millennials and Gen X's are today? Do you think anything's well, changed?
1: Well, I think access to easy credit is probably the underlying reason a lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck. Just the stat you said for every dollar earned a dollar sixty three is owed. So there's a lot of people's paychecks are going to servicing debt, be it for houses, cars, consumer electronics, just, you know, back when I, I was a, of the millennial's age today, uh, TVs just sort of came in one size, really. And now I've seen a TV advertised for $9,998. So a $10,000 TV. And I know people that have TVs like there. I think it was an 85 inch TV. I know two people that have 85 inch TVs, and they cost almost ten thousand dollars. And like, I can't, I can't make that math work.
0: <laughs> no. And again, I think would you say that maybe there's more choice now, and there's more, there's more options, more variety, and so maybe that ten thousand dollar TV is the middle of the line. So I. Choice is, we talk about this all the time, but maybe choice is a, is a downfall as well.
1: Well, if I go back to my parents' generation, credit, consumer credit just was not available. You know, people borrowed money for cars and houses, and that was about it. So if you wanted a TV, you had to save up your money and go buy it. Well, now, if you want a brand new TV, say an 85-inch TV, you just pull out your credit card, you go down to your big box store, and you buy it, and you, you pay it off whenever you pay it off. And... I, I just think easy credit is probably the underlying cause of people living paycheck to paycheck.
0: This is actually perfect because the next thing I did want to talk about was what what is the underlying cause of living paycheck to paycheck and how does someone get into this situation? So I want to lead this off with um, it, within the survey in one of these articles that we're referencing. Um, the readers, the majority of the readers conclude that the situation living paycheck to paycheck is caused by low income. And again, I find this, I find this so, I find this crazy because like we said at the beginning of the episode, anyone can live paycheck to paycheck. So which proves that it's not based on income at all.
1: Yeah. It's, I, I, it's, it's a spending problem for 90% of the people out there that are living paycheck to paycheck. And the more money you make, it, it just reflects that you have made poorer and poorer decisions. So it, it, reflects more, it, it reflects poorly on people who earn more money yet still live paycheck to paycheck. It is not an income problem. Not to say earning more income wouldn't hurt the situation, but chances are if you're already living paycheck to paycheck and you earn more money, chances are you're just going to inflate your lifestyle by that increased income.
0: This article cites that a way to... To avoid living paycheck to paycheck and we'll get into more reasons after. I just want to highlight this while we're talking about
1: like I, I just like when you're living if if I'm living paycheck to paycheck, that's what I call an emergency. You know, I'm having a critical emergency. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. That you know, if I don't know when this is gonna end, then then I'm gonna come up with a plan to make it end. And people who are be, who come become comfortable living paycheck to paycheck because they keep getting lucky that a financial crisis doesn't sink them. And the longer they go without a, a financial crisis completely derailing them, and meaning they can't get any more credit to, to to satisfy these crises that come up, the the longer they go, the more comfortable they get. And if you live paycheck to paycheck, you're never, ever going to get ahead. You know, the spending more than you earn is never okay spending as much as you earn is is still not okay
0: you're you're honestly just at that point playing Russian roulette with your with your life and with your money yeah, it,
1: something will ev- ev- eventually go wrong you know something will go off the rails and if you have a family we, we, you know you've got a, a wife and kids and pets you just multiply the factors of things that could go wrong by by every person in your family that you're supporting.
0: Oh, I and I agree. And when you put into perspective like that about how what a state of emergency your finances are when you are living to paycheck to paycheck, it really puts things into perspective and how do how maybe one gets normalized to that. So while we're talking about how someone gets into living a pay- in in a paycheck to paycheck situation, and the underlying causes, we've touched on a few. Are there any others that we've missed?
1: I, I think just you know we talked about um, the underlying cause. the 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 underlying cause is it's not income and it's not it's spending. It it is, I would say, without a doubt, lifestyle inflation is probably the underlying cause of. of of living paycheck to paycheck, it, it it snuck up on people. They didn't just go out and buy a a, a eighty five inch ten thousand dollar TV, and all of a sudden now they're living paycheck to paycheck. It's something that creeped up on them, you know, one expense at a time, you know, one reoccurring expense after another reoccurring expense, and a, another debt to be serviced, and it it it's just something that sneaks up on you. It's but but once you so this is where you need you need a, doc, a a documented budget so you can see the math. A lot of people don't realize they're living paycheck to paycheck uh, until they're living beyond paycheck to paycheck. But if you have a documented budget that you look at every month and it shows your income and it shows your expense, I mean, if you if you see that math, and I'm saying this is probably more of a math problem than a behavior problem for most people. Once if if someone put that math in front of them and said, "Hey, look, you're you're spending every cent you earn." They'd probably realize they had an emergency on their hands, and they they'd take action. But but it's not knowing that math, like not having those numbers in front of you on a regular basis. That that's probably the underlying cause is not having a documented budget.
0: So we're gonna move on to talking about how to identify if you are living too close to the edge. So I found out we found an awesome article by Lisa Smith, and it's called "Are You Living Too Close to the Edge." And there are, there are a couple points here that, that really are red lights, red flags highlighting that you are living too close to the edge. So the first one is, would one more straw break the camel's back?
1: Yeah, this is where, you know, if, if your washing machine stopped working, you have no available credit or emergency fund to deal with that, you know, if, if your car wouldn't start you literally have no means with which to get it towed to a garage and get it looked at. You know, there's no, you know, no room left on your credit card, no emergency fund, no savings. You know, that is, you know, that one more straw.
0: The second point here, which I want to break into kind of two subpoints, is how many paychecks could you do without? And Lisa says, quote, what would happen if your next paycheck didn't come in. Would you get evicted from your apartment? Would the bank foreclose on your house? Could you afford to keep the lights on? How long could you afford groceries? End quote.
1: Yeah, so the the people that work for big corporations, it's probably non a non issue. You know, they, I mean, big companies do go bankrupt, but I, I mean, a lot of times you see that coming. But if you work for a small entrepreneur type of you know mom and pa shop, or you you could see a uh, you know, a disruption in your pay. I, I, I've heard of people that have, that has happened to them and they really enjoyed working for the company. So they worked with the owner, you know, till they got back on their feet. Um, an emergency fund should be three to six months of expenses. Um, so the likelihood of, of most people not receiving a paycheck, I, I think is pretty remote.
0: So, the second part of this point is the creation of an emergency fund, which uh, Lisa says is a critical part of a sound financial plan
1: so if you are living paycheck to paycheck and you you have no available credit, uh, hopefully you have an emergency fund you know that that would bail you out of a of a disaster. and an emergency fund should be three to six months of expenses and, and i'm when I say expenses, I'm talking off-the-street expenses, you know, the roof over your head, your insurance, your mortgage, you know, not dinner out, not entertainment, not uh, Christmas presents, you know, not those type of expenses. Just your off-the-street, bare-bones expenses. And I say three to six months. It really depends on the nature of your job. So if you're a single income family, you probably want six months. If you have dual income family you probably want closer to three months. And then the length of time you've been with your employer would also impact the, the size of your emergency fund. If you just started a new job, I, I would want at least six months. If I've been working there for 20 years, I'd probably be better okay with three months of of, uh, of an emergency fund.
0: So my big question from this is how do you even start to put together an emergency fund if you don't have enough money to get by, or if you are in a boatload of debt, how do you, how do you just begin that process?
1: Well, you, you need an emergency fund even if you have debt. In fact, you should build your emergency fund and maybe delay or defer paying off your debt until you have an emergency fund. It's that important. But
0: what but not that money that's going towards your emergency fund, when you, I mean, how do you not spend yourself too thin then?
1: The, the fact of the matter is an emergency is going to come up. You just don't know when and you don't know how much, but it is it will arrive. It's not like it might or it could. It will. Everybody has emergencies, financial emergencies. They happen to every single person in our society today. And, I mean, toilets break down. You know, washers stop working. Fridges stop working. Cars break down. I mean, these are everyday occurrences for people in our society Every day, so an emergency fund is not like a a luxury. It's not a, um, you know, when I get around to it, you're going to need it. And if you don't have the emergency fund, you're just going to end up using credit. You're going to you borrow money from family, family friends, or you'll just apply for another credit card, and you just keep digging that hole. And if you're living paycheck to paycheck, obviously you're going to say, how how do I start building an emergency fund? Well, you start by ramping down your lifestyle until you can build that emergency fund. You need to get in a situation where you're spending less than you earn. You can't even begin to build an emergency fund until you can cross that threshold. But spending paycheck to paycheck is is completely unsustainable.
0: The third point is how's your credit? And this point really talks about how you should maintain a healthy relationship with credit so that if you ever do need that little bit of cushion that it's there for you, but you should not use it as a crutch, but you should use it as that emergency, emergency, emergency backup.
1: So uh, when I paid off my mortgage, my bank said, you know, do you want to, uh," I wanted to completely close it off and be in in, in that relationship with that bank. And they were trying to convince me to, you know, maintain the relationship and and have my home as a, I, I could tap into the equity in my home in the event of an emergency. And I said, I don't want that temptation anywhere near me. I, so I want as little credit available to me as possible. And part of, part of it is, is a security thing. I, the more credit I have available, the more, you know, someone could steal my identity and use that credit. But I also don't want the temptation. I don't want an easy out. I don't want an easy way out. If I had a whole bunch of credit available to me, I might not be motivated to, to keep that emergency fund topped up right? Because yeah, I got this other out subconsciously even at a subconscious level. I don't want credit. I don't want that to be my my outlet, my go-to. I want cold hard cash to be my emergency fund, not credit.
0: Are you talking from an absolutely personal perspective and then that you you as, as successful as you are within the personal finance realm, as, as much as you have a hold of your finances, are financially independent, you still... You still worry that you'd give in to those temptations.
1: Well, you know, in the face of a serious crisis, I think, you know, you would use whatever you had available to you. So I just know, at a subconscious level, we're all human, and it, it, we tend to seek the path of least resistance, just by our our nature. You know, we're that's kind of how we got to the top of the food chain. Is is, is we. We tend to find the easiest path to wherever we're going, and credit, if it's there, it will appear to be the easiest, least resistant, and it's marketed that way too. It's designed to be easy to use, and I, 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 I mis could fall, t- I could fall to temptation as easy as anybody. So, I personally don't want credit to be my go-to.
0: The fourth point here is. What about your savings? So Lisa highlights in this point that could you afford to live for half a year without another paycheck? So is living half a year without like being able to, I know, that's about, that's obviously six months. So is that a realistic number that the, someone who was just beginning to get out of a paycheck to paycheck lifestyle to aim for, or does that, or should they, it, should you aim for a smaller kind of goal before you aim for half a year?
1: Well, I mean, I would start with a thousand dollars. Call that an, a starter emergency fund. One thousand dollars would get you out of a lot of jams, without question. But you know, six months of expenses—if if I was out of work for six months, I didn't have a paycheck, and I had a, a an emergency fund that would last six months—I am not talking about life continues on as if I was working and I, I would continue to live the same easy lifestyle. If my pay stopped, we'd go into crisis management mode. And we would, the emergency fund would be covering the bare bones expenses. This is what, these are the expenses that keep me off the street, keep food on my table. There, there is, I'm canceling the cable. I'm canceling my cell phone plan. I, I'm parking my second car, taking the insurance off it, whatever it takes. I'm ramping down everything to bare necessities until I can get my income back up. So that's kind of, so six months of expenses sounds excessive, but it's not six months of your current lifestyle expenses. It's six months of your survival expenses.
0: I just want to ask you again because, I mean, just all the things that you listed there sound pretty extreme. So it's is, is thinking about it that way and not just the expenses that are going to keep you up the street, is that a mentality that you only maybe get into if you are ever put in that situation?
1: Yeah, if, my, if I had a family and I... I I was this sole breadwinner of that family, and I got laid off from my job, and and I had no income. I'm not going to continue to, to to you know have a premium cable package and continue to have my kids in these expensive ac- after school activities. If if my pay stops, every luxury in my in my life stops too. So that that yeah, anyone who could, who who would save up a an emergency fund to cover all the luxuries in their life as well as the bare necessities. I, I think that's excessive. I, I, when, when my pay stops, I'm in a state of emergency.
0: Uh, d- and,
1: and, and until I get my paycheck back, I will live like I'm in a state of emergency.
0: No, that makes sense. Almost like a switch would flip inside your head and, and, and turn you into, this, uh, into crisis mode, I guess.
1: In fact, as I geek out on my budgets, like I always do with spreadsheets and, and whatnot, I have my expenses in, in categories. And not that it's going to happen at this point in my life, but if I were to, when I needed all my income, you know, when I was raising a family, I had a group of expenses that I, I, these, these expenses would go away if my income went away, you know, because it, it, the math just wasn't going to work. I, I had to get rid of those costs.
0: I absolutely love that. And then you kind of, you preset out what you would get rid of so that when you actually ever had to, it wouldn't catch you off guard because you're already prepared for that. So I absolutely love that. It's a great, if there's one takeaway tip during this episode, I, I think that would be it.
1: I, I called it my war plan.
0: <laughs> I love that. the war plan. Uh, Trevor, while we're on the topic of uh, you geeking out in your spreadsheets. I, I I want to put it out to our listeners if that's something that that our your listeners be interested in in learning about how Trevor creates his spreadsheets and and what he puts into them. I mean, is Trevor is that something you'd want you'd be willing to make like a YouTube videos for and we could start a YouTube channel?
1: I I could you know I find people you know they I I go on about my spreadsheets and all my calculations for my personal finances and it, it's. It, Okay, in this episode, I, I'm saying it's about the math. But generally speaking, it's, a spreadsheet isn't going to solve your, your financial problems. It's a behavioral issue. I, I, I would caution our listeners to think a spreadsheet is going to solve your problems. It, it, it's, it is 90% behavior, 10% math, except if you're living paycheck to paycheck.
0: So the the final point I want to tear away from this article is that this the, it's a, the glass closing sentence here. And it says, once everything else in order is in order, it's time to save. So what advice do you have for our listeners when it feels like not, it won't ever be in order?
1: Well, I mean, because this episode is about people living paycheck to paycheck, I, I don't even think savings has a, a place in this conversation. I, I mean, if that's even... If you're living paycheck to paycheck, you should just be focusing on on on, on getting out of that scenario. I, I don't think I would even entertain saving outside of building an emergency fund, which to me, that's not savings. That's an emergency fund.
0: No, but more along the lines of what advice do you have for people who maybe f- feel like they'll never, never be able to even get to that point of an emergency fund, like when everything maybe feels hopeless?
1: Well, you know, if you're really young you know, I'll say under twenty-five. I wouldn't get too concerned about building wealth. Twenty-five is kind of where I would put the cutoff where you you need to start. You know, if nothing has changed from you know your early twenties to twenty-five, chances are nothing's going to change going forward either. So I, I would I would caution our younger listeners from being you know too hard on themselves at a very young age. But I mean if you're in your 30s and you're still living paycheck to paycheck, uh chances are you you've got you need to revisit what you're doing.
0: So the final segment of this episode is to to talk about ways to stop living paycheck to paycheck.
1: Yeah, so normally we, this isn't a how to show. This is a why to show, right? We we talk about why, you know, things are important or why you should, you know, do things a certain way. But when it comes to paycheck to paycheck because this is hopefully most people it's a math problem not a behavior problem so it's it's a lack of information so we we thought we would touch on the the how to's because and, and i think because it's such an emergency right getting living page to page, you're in a state of emergency so how to is very important when when you're in emergency conditions
0: so, for this how-to portion, we've put together, we found three awesome articles, which if we don't get to all three, they'll still all be in the show notes because they're excellent resources. But um, we'll kind of skim through points from each and kind of tie it all together. So, I, there's, there's about 10 points in each, but I'm definitely not. we're definitely not going to run through them all. Just kind of the key ones that really really kind of resonated with us. So, the first article is by Marilyn Lewis. It's entitled, Eight Ways Stop Living Paycheck to Paycheck. And the first point in this one is forge an independent spirit. And it talks about, because, quote, becoming independent from the habits and opinions of your friends and family is crucial. You need to stop trying consciously or unconsciously to keep up the lifestyles of others, especially the spending habits, trends, and consumption among celebrities and in the media, end quote.
1: So when I think of independence, I, I think of, you know, one way of not being independent is if you're Open to receiving charity. And charity can come in the form of, you know, handouts from your parents or your friends or family or, or even a, a charitable organization. And I, I read this interesting article, and this is the trap you would fall into if you don't forge your own independence, if you, if you tend to rely on others. And this is the five stages of charity. And you can kind of see this if you've ever been part of this or, or witnessed charity taking place. So the first time you receive charity you as a recipient uh, show appreciation which you know you you would expect the second time you receive charity you actually the recipient is in a in a state of anticipation meaning they're anticipating this charity now and th- that's getting you know away from the purpose of, of the charity and the third time you receive the charity it actually becomes expectation. So you, you're you starting to almost rely on it as a recipient. The fourth time, it, it becomes the recipient has an entitled mentality, meaning they feel they're somewhat entitled to this handout. And then the fifth time is it becomes dependency. And so if you don't forge your own independence and you continue to rely on handouts or, or charity of any kind, you fall into that vortex, you know, those, those stages. And once you reach dependency, you've lost, you know, you, it, it's over for you. You, you, you've, you've either inflated your lifestyle to the point you're depending on this charity to, to get by. And it it's almost becomes a victim mentality.
0: I really, really like that. And it's, it, it fits so well with this point. The next way to stop living paycheck to paycheck is make saving painless. And one of the great points within this point is that, and it kind of highlights how to reduce uh, lifestyle inflation, is that even if your in your income increases, keep on increasing the amount of paycheck that you save.
1: Well, you know, at the beginning I said you need to know the math first. So you, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, you or if you think you're living paycheck to paycheck, you know, if, if your bank account's constantly empty, the concept of saving becomes, you know, just so, you know, unrealistic, you wouldn't even go there. So you need to know the math first. You need to, you need to see that you, you can't save and make the necessary adjustments. So I think saving, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, saving is not a way out until you understand the math.
0: The third point, and again this is one that we reiterate all the time and it is live on less than you earn
1: well we did a show on living below your means I mean if you want to get ahead in personal finance if you want to win if you want if you want control of your of your life financially, it starts with spending less than you earn I mean that is the once you get to that point you you the control moves back to you and it moves away from your creditors and Maybe you're not as submissive to your employer when you know your your lifestyle doesn't require every cent they're giving you. So living below your means, you know, spending less than you earn, I mean, that, that is the foundation of personal finance.
0: Another way to stop living paycheck to paycheck is focus on cutting down your housing costs. And this point even highlights making, quote, radical lifestyle changes to solve the problem. So they suggest moving out of your neighborhood, out of that town, out of that state, with and start living with others. So they suggest radical changes to really cut down on the biggest consumer of your income.
1: Well, you know, I said earlier that in a, in a perfect formula, if, if I were to, you know, draft out a, a financial plan, your after-tax income would be, one quarter of it at the most would be consumed by your housing costs. And... I gave this example before, where me and my wife we we decided we we're going to start a family, and then we we found out we we're going to have twins, and we lived in the city, and uh, it required both of our incomes to to live there. And once we had twins, we we you know the math didn't work anymore. We even even if we sent our twins off to daycare, we, the daycare would have cost so much that we we would have literally been living pay to, paycheck to paycheck if we were lucky if we stayed in the city. So we moved out of the city into a small town. My my wife was able to stay home and raise our twins, and we had a third child. But we made the adjustments, and we made the adjustments because we knew the math. We knew, we knew the amount coming in, and we were able to, you know, find out what daycare costs, and it, it, the, the numbers just weren't going to work. And there's a lot of people that they continue to live somewhere where the math doesn't work. And you're right, the housing is the is the biggest consumer of dollars, especially in Canada with House prices in our major cities just being insane if you can move to a low cost area um a lot of times you'll end up with a lower paying job but your housing costs will drop at a bigger percentage than your income will drop
0: i love your example because it illustrates for to our listeners that you firsthand know the this not i want to say don't want to say the sacrifices but the decisions that have to be made in order for you to live a comfortable lifestyle, and I want to ask you just so you can be honest with our listeners, was that change to uproot yourself and the two children that you had at the time? Was that was that difficult?
1: It, it was a tough decision, but you know, when I say you know you need to ramp down your lifestyle, I use that term loosely. Obviously, you know, ramp down your lifestyle. The quickest, most efficient way to ramp down your lifestyle is your is your house or your housing costs because it's constant and it's significant. And a lot of times if you make that one change, that one ramp down to your your spending formula, a lot of times you don't need to change anything else. If you can change that one that one line item and it's the big one. But if you can alt if you can change that one then you can continue on with the rest of your luxurious life that you've set up. Just change your housing dollars. And was it easy? Uh it 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 was easy because we had the math in front of us and, and, and the status quo wasn't going to work anymore. So it, it was easy because we didn't have any options. You know, we didn't order twins. They arrived. <laughs> and and this is what life had served up to us. And we just went with it.
0: I, I, love, I love that because it really breaks down how you can make a dramatic difference in your life into, into a single point. And I, I love the way you have laid that out. The fifth and final point within this article is um, is learn to cook, and this I think is more of a of a broad brush kind of statement about how you go about the little things in your life. So they they do talk about how you can save three hundred to five hundred dollars a month on eating out. So, but I think. I think this point is less significant. Yes, you can say a little bit here and there, but I think maybe to some listeners that may seem a little bit overwhelming, kind of making these small changes everywhere. But, but your example of just making that one big, massive, pretty massive change, pretty, pretty maybe, a pretty intense change too, if you're moving uh, lots of hours or across provinces. But so I like your example that you can make this big, huge change as opposed to all these tiny tiny ones that maybe add up
1: well you know just the the back to the idea of eating out so the markup on on restaurant food is just atrocious and uh i if if i look back to when my kids were younger we used to go out to eat we go out and have a picnic we'd pack a lunch a picnic lunch and we'd go to a park or a beach or something and and have a picnic and i have some of the most fondest memories of of doing that but then i think of my young kids in the, the few times we did go to restaurants I mean, to ask a kid to sit still for, you know, an hour and a half in a restaurant and, and be quiet and, and not move, that's a big ask of a small child. But, but when you're on a picnic, it's, there's none of that, those constraints on them. So if you have a young family and you're living paycheck to paycheck and you, you're going out for, for meals, maybe for convenience, or maybe just to get out of the house, I would say, think about going for a picnic. Cause when I look back, those were pretty fond memories. Not only did they not cost much, they they were really enjoyable times.
0: The last article we'll be touching on is by Kate Ashford. It's called Nine Ways to Stop Living Paycheck to Paycheck. And the two first points within the article are probably the most important and most impactful. And they're track your spending and make savings automatic.
1: Yeah, so track your spending is basically a documented budget. And we did an episode a while back on budgeting, but a budgeting doesn't have to be a complicated thing. I mean, it, it just starts... By tracking your spending. So you track your spending into, you know, I'll say fairly broad categories and maybe track it for three months. And after three months, you you might look at each of those categories and and think, well, that's a big number. I I should look at that in a little more detail. So so you might break that category into two or three. but And then you track it for, say, another couple of months, maybe three months. Once you get about six months of expense tracking down, you probably have the foundation for a budget, you know, just just a, a very rudimentary budget, and you run with that budget for a year, and then at the end of a year, once you have a year's worth of of, of spending history, you've gone through a, a full cycle of, of your your expenses, then then you have a real dialed in budget, you know. So tracking your spending is is a mechanism to create a budget. And in doing that, you'll see the math. You'll see where the math is not working. You know, where where you're, you know, you're living, why you're living paycheck to paycheck. I mean, it'll become so obvious at that point. And, and once you you rectify that problem, then, then you can figure out how much you, you can begin to save toward an emergency fund or your financial goals and, and to automate that, you know, have that come off your paycheck into a separate account. It becomes painless. You know, the, the first time they take that, off your paycheck you know you're going to feel it maybe the first couple of months of that happening you're going to realize you have less money to work with but you know once you know three months pass you'll forget that's even happening in the background and it just becomes effortless
0: the second point here is just make savings automatic you we talked about you just talked about how you can automatically have a certain amount come off your paycheck but in this point it talks about if you plan to save quote unquote whatever's left over that that strategy never actually works because we always use as we always use as much as we can we always use as much time as we can and as much money as is available so at this point of whatever's left over i think it just it's going to fail you every time
1: well you know back before when i started working this concept of you know direct deposit of your paycheck that didn't really exist you know that the you, you, you got to hand it a paycheck every week and you had to take it to the bank and cash it. And so what I did back then, this is in the mid eighties is I bought Canada savings bonds through my employer. And that is, that was the a, a way to have money taken off of your paycheck and, and put into buying Canada savings bonds. And it was through that, that I was able to come up with a down payment to buy my first house.
0: The last article we're going to touch on is called 10 Ways to Stop Living Paycheck to Paycheck by Megan Elliott. And there's two really good points within this, which I want to highlight. And the first of the two is cut the hidden fat. So this point just talks about, quote, what if your paycheck to paycheck problems aren't the result of reckless spending on frivolous stuff, but rather an unaffordable rent or mortgage or high debt or other cost of living issues? End quote. So I really like this point because It it highlights the importance of looking at those fixed expenses and realizing that some of them, and maybe, I don't know if you want to argue with this, but most of them aren't actually fixed, but variable.
1: It's easy to go after the little guys, you know, the little expenses and get rid of a few of those, but the the impact is is a lot of times small. So if you have a a, a big problem, meaning you're you're living paycheck to paycheck, $30 here and $20 there is not going to move the needle it's probably going to take a, a, a wholesale lifestyle change, meaning, you know, your car, your house, those kind of things that, that are going to really move the needle and, and make a difference. And a lot of times when you make those big changes, it's easy to stay motivated, you know, because you see the a big change right away. And I, I would say a, a lot of people have more house than they need and have a, more car than they need. So So these changes... It's not like you're gonna, you know, go from driving a car to walking, or go from living in a a luxurious house to living in a uh, a house that barely keeps the the, the rain out. I'm saying a, a small tweak in, in in your housing, what what you consider acceptable to live in for a house, it, it could save you huge amounts of money every month.
0: The very last point we're going to touch on on ways to stop living paycheck to paycheck is find the fun in frugal living. And I really like this point because it, and I, I like it because I think it, it's not exactly about, oh, you, one of the examples is you seeing a movie on Netflix as opposed to going at the theater. So yeah, that's going to save you a few dollars. But I think taking on the whole mentality of frugality, I mean, we've talked about this so much, but I, I think the whole behavioral shift towards frugality will add up and, and the money you'll save will add up in the end.
1: I think that might be a hard sell to a lot of people, but you can't you can't be do going to this the mentality that you're going to deprive yourself of things. If you if you are able to convince yourself, okay, I'm going to deprive myself of this thing I really love, to in order to to save money or not live paycheck to paycheck. As long as you perceive it as deprivation, it, it is it is only short term. It's it's unsustainable. So by the concept of embracing frugality, is is embracing you know, are convincing yourself that you're not, you know, by, by maybe driving a cheaper car, you're not depriving yourself of something that, you know, you deserve. If, if it represents deprivation, it it's just a short-term fix then.
0: But if you're desperate to get out of living paycheck to paycheck, making these little tweaks to live more frugal won't seem like deprivation.
1: Well, it, that's just it. It has to not seem like deprivation. So if you're committed to, to, you know, getting out of the paycheck-to-paycheck lifestyle, and if that's more important than your fancy new truck, then, then it won't it won't feel like deprivation at all.
0: So that brings us to the end of our show. If you haven't checked out our Instagram or Facebook page, definitely check those out. It's at Simple Money Solutions. We update weekly with uh, our new episodes that come out, any blog posts that I post up at livelifesimple.ca. So yeah, definitely follow that if you're not already. And always feel free to send us your questions and your comments and and anything else you'd like to share with us at our contact submission form at livelifesimple.ca or through our email at livelifesimple365 at gmail.com. Until next week, keep it simple.